everybody. Welcome back to Make Pods Great Again. Uh, before we kick off the show, we're going to talk about our sponsor, which this week is Hero Wellness Products or Hero CBD, uh, which is great. First time we've had a CBD company, right, Nikki? I know. I like it. I like having a, a CBD company and especially Hero CBD because they um, you know, make a really great product, but also are doing really good things outside of just their business as well. Yeah, they, uh, they actually give back to organizations that support our nation's heroes. So with every purchase uh, of their products, Hero Wellness will give 10% of the profit to relevant charitable causes, which I think is yeah. very, very cool. It's neat. And they, um, they sent a little bit our way to test out, which I actually have really liked, especially recently, because I've been like super sore and doing these two days. And I felt like, I think sitting around in quarantine and doing a lot of work at the awkward height of my kitchen table has been making my lower back really tight. So I know I have a lot of inflammation and stuff going on there. And I've been uh, taking a little bit of CBD to help me feel better. And it's been, it's been really nice, especially at night. It feels like it makes me a little bit calmer. It's easier to go to sleep. And I've been tossing some of the the pet treats over to Ollie, my older Bernie's mountain dog, who's been super stressed out about having the puppy around with the puppy energy. And I think that's been helping because the poor guy has been very stressed lately. So thanks to Hero CBD for hooking us both up, especially with our evening stress routine. Oh, wait, those are dog treats. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten those. Oh, uh, yeah, the chicken flavored ones. Let's go to the dog. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. That was weird. No, I, I've been taking the gummies and I've uh, I've enjoyed them. They've been really good. Um, the thing, a couple of things I really like about their product, they're all grown and manufactured in the U.S., which I think is fantastic. Um, and also our listeners can visit uh, their website, hero-cbd.com. Uh, go to their Instagram page at HeroCBD. And when you go to order, use promo code MPG and you're going to get 20% off and free shipping on your first orders, which is the best of all. 20% off. Love a deal. Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again, doing my bazillion podcast episode <laughs> this week, I think, with Nikki. No. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. We're like cranking them out. We're like really taking advantage of quarantine here. Holy crap. It's like a fifth day in a row. And tonight we've got uh, the best hair, the best mustache, and the best Ugg boots in the business. Thank Hunter you McIntyre very much. What's Woo! going on? That is an intro, dude. That just dances off the tongue. That was a solid intro. Thank you. No, I said it's that hair dances. Man, look at that stuff. You just, is. This is it's hot. For anyone who doesn't watch these uh, these videos and we post them on YouTube, you should absolutely kick on over to YouTube right now just to take it all in. I'm going to show you guys the truth. I've been growing this mullet out for a while. And for some reason, like my hair grows up on top probably twice the speed that the hair on my back does. So I'll get this trimmed and it will be a normal mullet. And then a month later, it will be crazy hair on top and just moderately longer mullet on the back. So hmm. quarantine is quarantine be damned. I, I just DM some lady to see if she'd cut my hair. And she's like, no, I will not come see you. And I was like, you just wear a hazmat suit and bring over some scissors. But uh, my negotiation tactics aren't working too well. No, not so good. Can you, can you roommate? just do it or someone in the house can just no well here's the thing i live with these guys who i've been living on and off with for six years i come out to colorado and i'll have training camps in the summertime and uh these guys are like the most rough and tumble badasses there are and we spend majority of our time instead of partying we spend it, our energy towards training extremely hard and also fucking with the other person's day mm. so whether that be finding ways to make you eat bugs, cutting your hair really poorly, um, doing the goat. You guys ever seen the movie Waiting? Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Wait. Come yes. on. Yeah, yeah. With yes. Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Yeah, Find yeah, yeah. different ways to expose your genitalia to somebody without making it so blatantly obvious. Yes. So, yeah, things like that. So I wouldn't really – my friend's actually pretty good with a buzzer, but I don't trust him. Like, I Absolutely know it's, not. I know every fiber of his soul and body really wants to make sure that this mullet ends up becoming a buzz cut with a beaver on the back. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, so I'm, I'd rather just deal with, I'd rather deal with the, the pain that comes along with a decently bad haircut for a while longer. Yeah, no, I would absolutely avoid that at all costs. <coughs> Do either of you guys drink booze? Often and you mean, on you mean this right podcast, now or, yes. or <laughs> all right. Well, if you guys are drinking booze, I'm drinking tea, so I'll go get a beer so that this actually becomes an appropriate meeting. Good. I was, like, I was like, ah, these guys CrossFit too much. So they're not going to appreciate the fact that I like to drink. Well, see, we're not but we're then, not professional CrossFitters, so 
You'll fit right in. Yeah, um, I don't know about. I'm gonna have. I might have a, a white claw limon or maybe a white claw mango edition. I think I'm gonna go mango. I do love the mango. I wish they would throw them in the variety pack. What do the they fuck? do? They do. There's a different kind of variety pack. We got the variety pack last night that I think was all citrus and like passion fruit flavored ones. Ooh. You're probably going amateur hour with the berry flavored ones. I, I hey, gotta listen. be honest. I, I didn't take you for a basic bitch, but here we what? go. So no, oh not you. Oh my God, no. Not... He's the queen. Yes. Is he? Wow. Hold okay. on a second. This doesn't make me a basic bitch. You have to understand when you're a large person where quantity is important, I don't like to just party by sipping. Like I take about six to 10 drinks down an hour until I, I hit the ground hard. Cause I just am a quantity person in general. So like, a man, he's a man on a mission. Yeah. If I go to a bar, I always feel like awkward. If I go to a bar, I usually get like a, if I'm going to sit down with like my dad or my brother, I'll have like a double makers March on the rocks, but that's like a sipping booze. Uh, when it comes to like tonight, this week's an off week. Like last night, I ended up drinking like six or seven beers. We were shotgunning beers. I drank 99 peppermints. Like it's just aggressive, the rate that I drink. That is an aggressive mixture of beverages. Yeah. So honestly, you just sometimes you got to pick seltzer water that has booze in it. Well, you're hydrating and you're drinking. It's like the best of both worlds. Truthfully, I've been trying to, I've contacted White Claw to see if I can make a partnership with them because. I know everybody who does CrossFit and drinks booze drinks White Claw. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Like, nobody drinks light beer anymore. I used no. to be a Miller High Life guy because I'm the champagne of beers. Champagne of beers, of course. Yeah. And that's a Rhode Island beer for sure. And yeah. <laughs> that and Narragansett's. But then all of a sudden, I realized that it was just getting between me and the party that I wanted to have. So hmm. you could probably only have, like, 10 to 15 regular beers, but you can have, like, 20-plus White Claws and still manage it. like. You know, it's kind of like flying a magic carpet. You could crash at any time, but if you ride it just right, it's a magical experience. Well, I didn't realize this was going to be a nutrition podcast tonight, but here we are. So this here is we great. are. Here I we feel are. like people want to know. Yeah, I mean, no, I, of course. One of the biggest ways that I mess with my competitors is I let them know that I can beat them and still drink twice as much as them and their whole family at the same time. And they their whole family. You their whole family. family in there. Damn. Like bringing that kooky uncle of yours who lives in a trailer park. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's be fair though, Hunter. How how tall are you? You're like six two, right? Six three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Most CrossFitters are like five seven. They can handle like two white claws and they're hammered. So it's not a fair fight. I've tried to get Hepner drunk. He won't do it. His wife's awesome. She'll have a glass of wine with you. Uh, I went out to a club with Chandler. Won't get drunk. Uh, got drunk with drunk with Brooke Wells. Pretty hammered one time. Um, I don't know if she would like me to tell that story, but she got drunk. We were all drunk. And uh, I'm going to think of other big name crossfitters who've really, really partied. I don't know any of them. I can't get any of them to party. They're a very weird breed. Like, I don't understand why you want to work so hard and then be in like amazing places like Miami after Wadapalooza and then just sit there and have like a, like a zero calorie power rate at the nightclub. I'm like, we let's make something of this. But uh, no. They they won't do it. Well, you got you can go hang out with uh, Alex and Danny. They they like to drink. They like to party. I, I think most of these CrossFitters wait for like the Fit Eight after party and then they go crazy. Oh, always... did the Fit Eight after party the greatest party probably of the entire year in the fitness industry? And uh, they're drinking like seltzer water. But I don't know. I heard Travis William rips it up hard. I want to party with that guy. That is accurate. That is an accurate yeah. statement. You guys have like, a good time together. <laughs> I feel like Pat. Pat Bellner could rip a beer back pretty hard. I'm positive. I found some good positive when I, he came to compete against us at tough mutter X championships a couple years ago. And before he came, I wanted to like find some like good trash talking content online. So I went scrolled through the internet and I definitely found some pictures of him back in his party days. Amazing. And that guy looked like he was hammered. Amazing. It is really scary that you went on like the deep web to find some dirt on Bellner. Well, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, like, there's nothing we can really do when it, when it comes face to face, like the whole experience I had with CrossFit last year. And so many people want to talk shit to me. All of the shit talking happens online. Like as soon as you meet somebody face to face, it's like, all right, dude, whatever. Like you do your best job. I'll do my best job. And we'll see each other afterwards. So nobody ever talks shit, uh, face to face, even though I think that's more fun. 
So I had to do the internet style thing, which we had a good thing. I, I uh, referenced that he looked like Cookie Monster. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'll show you the picture. It's pretty funny. He does look like Cookie Monster with red hair. Yes, please. I can see that. <laughs> I can yeah. see that. Why do you think that is? That people will talk shit online, but not in person. You think they're just wimps, or uh, they once they meet you, they realize you're you know a different personality than they expected, and they just don't want to go all in on you. Um, I think most people are keyboard warriors, to be honest. Uh, it's tough. Like, I don't know. Like, I've always been somebody who really likes, I, I grew up with three older brothers. So I'm really feel comfortable, like ripping you a new one because I was the youngest of all of them. So only thing I had to my strengths was words because as soon as they got a hold of me, they were going to beat me up. So I had to really just jab, jab, jab with words. And I got good at saying it face to face. And I don't think people grow up in that kind of culture um at least we did and yeah when people meet me face to face i think a lot of people are like put off by me and like the supposed persona that i have like i'm always just a fun happy-go-lucky wild guy and then they meet me face to face and they're like oh this isn't nearly as bad as we thought it would be (laughs) and yeah like not that i'm a horrible person but uh i don't know people are pussies i i think the only person who's ever said anything to me face to face is matt frazier and like he didn't say anything that rude but at least he had the beans to like you know kind of rib me a little bit before we went out there and did stuff so you know i mean he's got the balls to back it up too because he's the best but uh for the most part i don't know well what would Fra- fraser say now i'm dying to know nothing really that wild um he made fun of me not even at the crossfit games we were i'll send you a picture of it. it's pretty funny he was talking shit to me and he uh we were, I was about to start a race at this high rocks race in Miami. And I don't even really know what he said, but you just kind of basically teased me about the games and asked me how much money I was going to make. And I said, $7,500. He's like, I won't even get out of bed for a quarter million dollars. <laughs> and he basically laughed at me. And then I just stood next to him and I got a picture of us standing next to each other. And I was like, I just want to remind you that you're a hobbit. And I guess it's worthwhile getting paid to be short. And, uh, <laughs> so you know, I got a picture of him standing next to me looking like a hobbit and he got a good rib at me for, you know, my sport being basically paid in food stamps while he gets paid big checks. Well, to be fair, he's the only one getting big checks. Yeah. He's, a, he's a funny dude, though. Uh, you know, the few he's times intelligent, I, cool yeah. to hang out with. Yeah. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. No, 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 it's good. No, it's just, he, you know, I, I always had like this impression of him that, you know, because he was, you know, the top dog that he was kind of a snob. And then I met him and I'm like, shit, this guy's funny. Like he's got a good sense of humor. He's, you know, he, he's just super hardworking. So it's he's just super normal. Like he's just like a normal dude that's into what he's into. And he like, doesn't give a shit about the other bullshit. Yeah. I think you also have to put a shield up when you're number one, or at least contending to be number one, you can't just be so lax around everybody because I think that will potentially allow them to open up to maybe finding weaknesses in you or it will take your focus off being having your eye on the prize. And especially if you're the number one contender, I, I actually love pressure and I love talking to people because it allows me to get more revved up. Some people will come unraveled and I'm not saying, saying that's necessarily him, but I definitely noticed a lot of competitors where they, they get quiet around competition. They need to isolate and they need to say less to do more. So that might be a strategy. I don't know. But, um, for the most part, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty analytical. I think he knows what he's doing like 10 steps ahead before everybody else does. Yeah, totally. Is, is the whole trash talk thing common in OCR? Or is that just you? That's just me. Everyone in OCR is just uh half of them are Mormon and the other half have children or married and they kind of have just settled down into a certain lifestyle. And, you know, I'm not like some kind of party playboy by any means, but like, I, even if I had 10 kids, and I was going to church every single day. Like my dad, uh, I'm one of four. And my dad goes to church every single day. Like he still talks shit and he's still a wild man, but he has a certain moral code. So I don't know. We just live by a different standard than other people. I'm still trying to get into the WWE. That's my ultimate leap towards, no, towards true happiness. Yeah. Why? Three years ago, four years ago, they offered me a job. Um, and I turned it down because I was still really in like the heat of battle with all the other stuff I had going on. But if I had to be honest, like, I don't know, I'm almost six, three. If I stretch, I'm six, three right now, I'm 210 pounds of just pure muscle. And I talk shit really well. That's like the perfect, that's like the perfect avatar for being in the WWE. 
And I can literally run circles around people physically and mentally. And that's kind of what I've done for my entire career, but it doesn't really like, it doesn't really fit in so well being like a, a hotshot shit talker in CrossFit or being a hotshot shit, shit talker in obstacle course racing. It just doesn't, it doesn't hold its place. Like it, they're really, they're capacity based sports that are meant to like, you know, have a start to finish kind of thing. And it doesn't have cameras on it in the way that like a sport, like if you were in the WWE or you're in hockey or football, like you got your time and you can really get a little bit more physical. And uh, it, it's more of a, a commanding physical presence where the other sports are more like, Hey, how well can you row or walk on your hands? Like that's, that's not the domineering attitude that I kind of have. So I think it would be a dream come true. Like I still stay in touch with a lot of people in the WWE and it might be something like, you know, let's say for some reason, obstacle course racing takes such a huge hit from this thing that it just doesn't recover and doesn't have a space for professional athletes for at least another season or two. I'm going to have to do something like I don't, I'm not ready to go back to being like a trainer or go working on wall street with my family. Like I, I still have a couple more years of being a, a dude doing macho stuff. So that's the ultimate goal is WWE. Probably, you know, yeah. I have a tattoo of macho man, Randy Savage on my ribs. And I, Amazing. The, yeah. Like he, I'm a humongous fan of wrestling. I'm not a fan of wrestling in the way that like, I go and watch the shows. I'm a fan of wrestling in the way that their characters, their specimens, and they entertain people. Like the entertainment industry, like you guys all probably like to watch movies. You guys all probably like to watch sports. You put the two of them together, even though there's smoke and mirrors and everything like that. I've gone, I've gone to the Super Bowl and I've been there and people just drink beer and talk and don't really give a shit about the game. I went to uh, a WWE Raw match at the Staples Center and 40,000 people were on their feet for the entire two hours, mm -hmm. like losing their shit. So, you know, to me, if I'm going to be part of anything, I'd rather be in the WWE than all of a sudden than being a, like a, let's say it was even a top end wide receiver for the NFL. I don't think it's as cool. Interesting. Yeah, but different strokes for different folks. I think that mustache has got you halfway there, dude. I think you snap a selfie real quick and send it to your friends over there right now. They'd be like, when can you start? Honestly, I'm I'm just trying to kind of work the He-Man slash um, ravishing Rick Rude kind of look. Hmm. And that right there is pretty much a shoe in for any kind of job. Amazing. Have you come up yeah. with your wrestling name yet? You need a good wrestling name. I'd probably have to just go in as the sheriff, to be honest, man, because I have a uh, tattoo badge. I have a tattoo of the sheriff on my chest. It's like, how can you avoid that? Um, I thought about all these other names and I was like, hey, listen, like you don't like Ronda Rousey uh, came from MMA. She didn't like all of a sudden create a character. She's still uh, the rowdy Ronda Rousey. Like, you know, that's who she is. I don't know what the hell happened to her. I think she's still getting her ass beat in the WWE, too. But that, that, yeah, dude, I'm just a man. I'm stepping in as is. <laughs> just take it for what it is. Yeah. Give you a five-star beatdown, baby. I think you should make that happen. Absolutely. Could you guys tell me, because I can't get the information out of anybody, is the CrossFit, is the CrossFit season over? Wait, why would you think that we would know? Yeah, we don't know oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are... I'm, you interview people all day long. You were just talking to a CrossFit Games athlete yesterday, one of the top CrossFit Games athletes in the world who likely has a chance of winning the games. So I feel like those kind of people have to be in the know somewhat. I don't and think then you'd probably ask them the question, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I don't think anyone is in the know. That's just it. Like, ain't nobody know what the hell is going on right now. All we know is that... Dave Castro and the CrossFit Games have said that somehow we will crown a winner of the CrossFit Games. I'm like air quoting CrossFit Games this year because we don't know what it's going to look like, where it's going to be, with what contestants, like with who qualified, with the sanctionals that were canceled and no one could go from there. And it's like a giant fucking mess. So we don't know. To answer your question. From a financial and legal standpoint, if I had to guess, they will bring it back to the ranch because they own the property. Mm -hmm. And they will minimize it to only cameras and staff who sign a piece of paperwork that say that if your health is compromised during this time, you know, it's, it's your own fault and you accepted this. 
uh, not your own fault, but you accepted that this <laughs> is a possibility. Your fault. <laughs> this is your problem. God. Suffer. <laughs> and it would be hosted there because it'd be like, you know, having like a private CrossFit event in your backyard with all of the best athletes in the entire world. And if I had to guess, they'll only bring the pros, like just like what they did a couple of years ago. They'll only bring the 20 people who have won the open and the like, you know, five sanctions that happened. Otherwise, yeah, it would just be a, a nightmare. That's kind of what I think too. I think that anyone who didn't qualify or was still planning on qualify, like, mm, sorry. And then national champions, no way. I don't think the age groupers have a, have a chance of getting out there either. And I th- I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't even know if, if like staff would be <laughs> at full capacity. I think it's just, I'm like, then I wonder like, well, what about like coaches and shit? Like, can they not go? Like if you're an athlete, you can't bring your coat. Like, I don't know. No, like, it's going to be bare, bare bones. Yeah. I think they should bring back the wild cards. Damn right. Yes. I want to, I want to watch you take on that hill run at the ranch, dude. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Honestly, I kick myself in the Johnson every single day. Like if you look right there, I keep, I keep, uh, my Jersey right there every look. single day. Cause yeah, not because I'm proud. So I sit here and I do work in this beanbag chair every day. And I look at that Jersey to remind myself that I fucked up. And then I keep a world, a world record check above my head to remind myself when I go to bed and I look this way that I'm still a world record holder. Okay. So when I, when I start the day, I remember that I, I remind myself that I'm not the best in the world. And when I go to bed that I, I remind myself that I've still done some pretty spectacular stuff and I shouldn't stress too much. So why do you say you fucked up? Why does that Jersey make you feel like you messed up? Um, listen, I am not a CrossFit games caliber athlete to go through the traditional form of entry. So I got in through a way that was totally legal based on the rule system I think that I should have been able to show my capacity, at least in a, be- in a better fashion than I did. I didn't train, I guess, walking on my hands enough in enough environments because I practiced going over the staircase and down the rubber ramp. And I practiced mm-hmm. doing parallettes and I practiced walking on my hand and muscle ups and the back out of muscle ups and doing a hundred feet unbroken, a hundred feet unbroken. But, you know, I never went Never once, it's my own fault, did I go work out on turf like half the events are at the CrossFit Games. And I'm a smart fucking guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a really smart guy. Like I, I analyze every event I go to so much that I guarantee that I'm going to win with almost all certainty. And I don't know why I didn't do that. I don't know why. I only went to a track like four times in the whole year period to run around the track. And then I remember I did about a week and a half before the games, I almost tore one of my hamstrings doing a stupid workout, just practicing what it was like to sprint on turf and cut. And that's the only time I was on turf. And now looking back, the first two workouts were on turf. I was like, fuck, you idiot. So that's why I'm, I'm disappointed. I don't think that like, you know, I should have had any kind of different results than I did because everybody was tested by the same, you know, same rules and same workouts. But if I could go back, I would, I would like, I wouldn't even change. I could literally go to the games right now and do better. If I just walked on my hands, uh, without even training CrossFit regularly over the past, like eight months. Well, I thought you did great at games. I was very impressed at, at how long you were able to hold on and the events that you took on. I thought you did really well. And so thank you. I had a moment from me watching you, but I can understand why given everything you've gone through and given how analytical you are about, uh, most of the events that you attend, I can understand why you'd look at it and be like, ah, fuck. I think everybody was impressed. I don't think there was anyone that was disappointed or thought you didn't do well. I mean, I, 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 everyone I talked to that weekend was like, all right, this guy can, this guy can really throw down. Like they were impressed by what you did. I can pick up weight and put it back down again real fast. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I'm not sitting here like a woe is me kind of thing. I, I'm just a competitor. Um, I don't think there's one person on the planet who would show up in my position and say, I wish I could have done it a little bit differently. But at the same time, it's like, I literally, all I did was take, uh, about a month off and I was back to running professionally again. So now I'm back in full swing. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for this, I would have been running, I would, have you know, had a world title under my belt. Like, hypothetically I would have had a world title under my belt like two weeks ago. So I'm back to competing. I was hoping to go back and compete at the Asbury park games in the elite field, uh, and try to see if I could get like a last minute shoe in spot, uh, for the games this year. So I'm still, it's still, a, it's, it's still a peaked interest. It's still not, but it's not like, you know, my, 
my whole one soul's desire. Well, right now, Asbury is the only sanctional that's still on. So fuck. Yeah. I got my seat there. I'm still training. Like it's potentially happening. Haven't walked on my hands much though. So I guess mm. that's probably something I should pick up immediately. Fool me once. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't know I'm if training. you know this, but maybe I'll see you there. Cause I came in like fifth or sixth or something in the, uh, team, not elite <laughs> division. Uh, Come, bring white claw. Let's party. Division. Yeah. Let's roll. So Nikki, I never, Nikki, I never told you this, but uh, back before Hunter got the wild card, he's friends with Spencer and Spencer gave me his number and hooked us up and he reached out to me because he knows I knew Glassman. He's like, Hey, get, you know, help get my name in the mix. Like I was when he was trying to like get in front of people and meet people. So I, I reached out to Glassman's team well before Armin did. Well, I mean, this would have been probably a month and a half before Armin put you in front of them easily. And like, I shot it over. I'm like, Hey, you guys got to look at this guy. Like he's the guy. And then I think Armin came in behind me and was like, you know, put you on the map. And like, truthfully, um, you know, I, I found the whole thing last year, really, really funny watching all the CrossFitters get so butthurt about you coming in. Cause nobody knew what you could do. You know, nobody knew how, how fit you really are. They're just like, all right, this guy's OCR. He's going to come get his ass kicked. And then all the shit, everybody was talking between you know, the time you got the wild card to the games. And, uh, you know, so I, I feel bad that you feel bad about how you did, because truthfully, I think you killed it. Yeah, dude. From Thanks, from, bro. From end to end. And now you're killing that mustache. So that's even better. <laughs> Listen, man, honestly, you just got to, you got to get out there and then you got to upgrade. So honestly, if I came back to the games with zero CrossFit training and just this mustache, I guarantee I would have been bumped into the next bracket. For sure. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's probably what happened. I was walking so fast on my hands and I didn't have anything like, you know, how sports cars have that whale tail in the back to kind of keep the tires down. Yes. If I had this mustache down, it would have kept the right trajectory. So I could have walked faster on my hands. That's probably my biggest mistake right there. Maybe I'm that's just, my mistake too. I'm terrible at handstand walks. Maybe I should let my mustache grow out. Grow it out, bro. I'm just thinking of all the endorsements you would get with that mustache. I mean, there's Pornhub. They'd probably yeah. endorse you like right First off the top. First and foremost. First and foremost. You know, they probably first they'd cancel your membership and give you a free membership. Yeah, that's sure. even that's better than an you know, endorsement. You know, you know that Pornhub has free porn right now. They announced it a while ago. They at first it started in Italy. They're like, we understand that people are stuck at home. We know you want to like all go out and have a good time, get naked with your friends, do whatever you want to do. But we want you guys to have the opportunity to have the same sexual thrills, but you have to do it from in home personally. So they made Pornhub free in Italy, and now I think Pornhub is free globally to keep people from going out and uh, kind of exercising their sexual urges. So you guys should maximize on that. Wow. Stay six Strong feet away from your there. computer though. Six feet wow. away. Mm -hmm. What the what savior we didn't know we needed. I know. Right. I, gonna, I would do porn. I would. My family <laughs> would hold it against me. Though. You had to think about it for like a second. You were like, what? Should I? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. No, I would totally do it. I just don't, my family wouldn't allow it. And it's the upsides unless honestly, I would only do porn because I know I'd be a star, not like a porno, like actor. I'd be a porno star, like far above Ron Jeremy type. And, but honestly, as I said, family's in a religious place and mm -hmm. you know, I care too much about them. I'm willing to make sacrifices because I'm that kind of guy. Wow. Yeah. You are the savior we didn't know we needed, turns out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come away from this podcast just thinking, man, he was way more humble than I thought it would be. Yeah. Way more. What are you talking so about? Impressed. This is nothing to do. <laughs> literally, I'm not even being braggadocious. I'm just telling you. Like, why would you start anything if you didn't want to be a star? It's like if you started at a grocery store and you were bagging groceries to start and you were just like, I'm comfortable doing this for the rest of my life. That's one kind of person. But if you got in there and you're like, I'm going to work my way all the way up to the manager and then I'm going to own at least three locations by the time I'm 40. That's the kind of attitude I got. Yeah, I, mm. I agree with you. Like I am completely in sync with that mindset. Like I, I've said that for a long time, whatever you're going to do, just be the damn best at it. Like, so I, and, and I do believe that people are the best, people are the best or the people that are, are the best people are the best at anything you ask them to do. Doesn't matter what it is. Like so, you know, you're great at OCR. If you quit OCR today, I'm convinced if you quit OCR today and said, All right, I'm gonna do CrossFit full time. It's all I'm gonna do, you'd be the best at it. And if you want to bag groceries, you'd be the best at it. You want to be a porn star, you'd be the best at it. You know, so pick what you want to do. Go be a porn star, it'd be great.
I tell everybody that. that money. There's also another really good thing. It's like when you tell your story, if you're not excited about it, then nobody else is going to be excited about it. Like I'm friends with a, a bunch of comedians. And like one of the first rules that they always say is like, if you tell a joke, and you don't laugh. Nobody else is going to laugh. Like you mm. have to start the energy from within and then exuberate it out. And basically like you gotta, it's, it's, it's contagious. And like, that's the only way I got to the CrossFit games. I remember starting, it started June 7th, maybe in 2018. Was it 2018? No. Yeah, maybe around then. I was like, I'm going to go to the CrossFit Games. And people are like, what? I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the CrossFit Games. I found out about this wild card rule. I'm just going to go. I'm going to call Greg Glassman. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, I contacted this PR agency. I started telling everybody about it. I was like, yep, totally going to go to the games. Everyone's like, you're not going to race it all this year. My sponsor's like, you're not going to race. Like, you got to run. I was like, no, I'm going to make it to the games. Don't worry about it. Just trust me on this one. And I just started telling everybody. And now even the best CrossFit Games athletes are like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, going to the game. I'll be competing right next to you. No big deal. Are you going to do the open? I'm like, well, you know, I, might, I might do it, but I'll definitely be at the games. <laughs> and like, that's how it started. And I just, you got to keep on just trucking. You got to keep on telling everybody what's going on and how excited you are about it, how awesome it's going to be when it happens, blah, 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 blah. So that's what's made my life successful is just continuing on that path and that kind of circumstance. So anybody who's listening, you might as well start picking it up and going the same way. Might as well. You're faking it till you're making it, man. Yeah. 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 So WWE and porn X. Wow. That's going to be busy. How are you going to, how are you going to have time for the games? I have a calendar right there. So I've got, you know, I'll just block it in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to keep that shit together. What are you doing? No, you go. go. No, you go. No, 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 you, no, you hang up first and then I'll. (laughs) Would you say, I'm just curious because I just got off the phone with somebody else. I always want to kind of, I want to know the buzz around town. Mm. Would you say that this is going to birth a stronger version of the CrossFit industry or is it going to take this whole new sanctional world uh, world spread of like international competition? And not CrossFit down like 10 steps way back from where it was just a couple of years ago. All right, Nikki, you go first. I think we may have right. different opinions on this. Well, I think it kind of depends on how you measure success of CrossFit, right? Because in the community sense, I think that we'll come back stronger. I think we'll have new people who are interested in trying us out. I think that we will have people who have been starved for fitness, who have seen crazy CrossFit coaches putting on Zoom classes and free classes and all this shit. And like, maybe they were too scared to walk into a gym. So they will in the future. And, you know, that will breed future CrossFitters to get better, to be elite, to go to competition, to get to games, like all that will be strong as fuck. I think that the sanctional directors who have had to cancel or postpone or do a whole bunch of bullshit to deal with coronavirus right now, a lot of them probably won't be back next year. So in the international elite competition circuit, I think that we will not be at the volume that we were at this year, but I also think the volume we were at this year was too great to begin with. So the like, amount of athletes? No, the amount of competitions the amount of yeah. sanctionals in the season. So I like, I feel awful for the people who are out a shitload of money, who are pouring their heart and soul into, into planning these events and they might not be able to come back next year because they were out so much, but like, will that hurt us overall in like, you know, will we not come back stronger because we don't have as many events next year? Eh, I don't know. I don't know because I think there were too many this year to begin with. If I was a riverboat gambler, which I am, I'm gambling. That 30 to 50% of CrossFits around the world are literally living like paycheck to paycheck. Mm. And I would assume that the majority of them are going to close because of this. Majority. How would you, majority of those 30 to 50%? Mm. Uh, okay. So I would say not, not up to 50. My guess is like 20 to 30% are definitely doing the like <laughs> not paycheck to paycheck or like what John gave really great, great dad advice on a podcast we recorded a little bit ago where he was like, all you business owners need to start thinking about your actual business plans and like how the fuck you're going to survive this. And like, it was great. Um, 
So I think 20 to 30% are more along those lines. And I would venture a guess that, yeah, maybe 20% will end up shuttering. But I think also like, it depends on where, like here in the States with the Paycheck Protection Act and with the small business loans, like I think a lot of them are being helped out if they understand how to apply for that shit and, you know, have done their reading and research because it's wicked complicated. They're not, um, they're not getting that money, Nikki. That's the problem. Like I'm trust, so? I'm in banking. No, they're not getting the money. Like the government, we ran out of money. Government ran out of money. Like, well, but you don't I, think in the first round of things they were, I think a lot of them didn't. I think you're both right to some degree. I think Hunter's number is probably more accurate. Like the 50% number is probably right, but you won't see the the CrossFits actually shudder. What you'll see happen is it'll change ownership. Hmm. So the, the elite will survive, meaning the best gyms absolutely are going to make it. And the people that have been going to these gyms are going to, you know, are going to value the dollars they're spending more. So they'll, they'll move their memberships there. The gyms that are living hand to mouth. And I think Hunter's right, like probably close to half are living that way. A lot of them will close or they'll just simply sell. And the reason they won't just shutter the doors is the entry fee to get into CrossFit is so cheap. There's plenty of people out there that have always wanted to own one that will come in and buy them on the cheap. Right. Do you think even after all of this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like the good, like this local gym here I'm very familiar with that they opened, you know, several years ago for it cost them a hundred grand to open, right? You go buy all the gear, you buy the rubber flooring, blah, 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 blah. I spent a hundred thousand dollars, you know, first year in. And then four or five years later, they sold the thing for 50 grand Mm. because they had to. And it's lost a shit ton of money. Yeah. And it's going to be exactly the same thing here. You're going to have a ton of gems that have invested 50 to 75,000 to open. They're, you know, knee deep in debt right now and creditors are calling and they're going to, I'm going to get the hell out of Dodge. I'll sell this thing for 40 grand. I'll pay 20 out of pocket and be done with it. And they'll have new, so they'll never close, but you'll have new owners. And so I think you'll see. You'll see a lot of that. One of my buddies who has the most successful CrossFit gym in the country is breaking even. And this dude's a superstar. And I'm like, if you're breaking even, then what the hell is happening to everybody else? Yeah. Okay, It's, it's a tough, just, it's a tough business model, man. It's really yeah. tough. Like people look at it and go, Oh, it's just printing cash. And, and some of them do, but when you really think about it, like, this is the most disposable income anyone has. Mm-hmm. You would literally, they're like, you'll cancel CrossFit before you cancel anything else. Like before you I cancel agree. your cable, you would cancel CrossFit because you can go do, you can get the workouts for free on CrossFit.com. Like people aren't dumb, yeah. you know, for the 1800 bucks a year you spend in a membership, you can build a home gym. I did that for a whole year. It's exactly how I did the math. I'm like 1800 bucks, I'll go buy a rower on the cheap. I'll get a rig barbell i can do it all at home and i did i don't know i think i'm the kind of person that i wouldn't work out by myself i wouldn't follow programming without other people like i need the accountability and i like the community i i get that and that's why i went back a lot of people do that but i think a lot of people are learning right now during this that hey i can be more self-sufficient and i need to be way more selective with my dollars and hunter's spot on here like most of these guys are business owners. Like they don't know what the hell they're doing. And even the really good ones are, are really struggling to break even. Like it's, uh, it's going to be a big change coming soon. Like it really is. And if, if we come out of the quarantine, like in the next 30 days, which is possible, you'll see more of them survive, but the economy has got to get kicked back in or these guys are screwed. Cause you think, yeah, about I'm it, just wondering, I'm just wondering if that's directly going to reflect on how the results of the games happen for the next several years. Because let's say the low side, 20% of these gyms close and 20% of them close. And then uh, let's say 20 to 30% of the members from all of these things are lost permanently. That's a significant amount of money and people really interested in the sport. And then it's also a significant amount of money that hits the sponsors that are involved with the sport because they're selling products to those members that are now lost. Now they lose the money, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. And also you got to imagine those little companies like that had just started and were really busting their ass. Like, this is my year. I'm going to make it. We're going to the CrossFit games. People are going to buy our stuff. They're going too. they're mm-hmm. toast. Totally. And I know a lot of people are buying fitness gear right now, but I don't think a lot of people are buying, uh, 
are buying like knee sleeves. I don't think a lot of people are buying like tape for their hands. I don't think a lot of people are buying super expensive specialty supplements, like all this kind of stuff that's, you know, the sprinkles on top of the cake that aren't Mm -hmm. necessarily, isn't the meat and potatoes of getting the job done. So I'm curious because I'll admit I had four sponsors before this three, two of them are gone. Really? Two of them are gone. Yeah. And I totally get it. Like, what am I doing? I'm not in the, in the warehouse, like, you know, taping up boxes and mailing them out to customers. I'm not an essential to the business model. Um, and you know, I had a bunch of other sponsors on the hook and those guys are gone. And I don't imagine the first thing they're going to do when doors open back up, they're like, we need to call Hunter ASAP. Um, so it's interesting. Like I can only imagine what the heck's going to happen. Like, especially those CrossFitters that were not the Pat Belliners, Matt Frazier's, Sarah Sigmund's daughters and TH Claire Toomey's that wave that's just underneath like the, the Spencer's, the one who connected us. Uh, I'm sure Spencer's a smart guy and has his stuff together, but if he had all of his poker chips put down on being a professional athlete, that dude was right on the cusp of becoming a regular CrossFit games athlete. Now he's getting pushed back down towards like, I'm going to have to go get a job, you know, doing construction, something like that. Like all these guys who are right on the cusp and chicks who are right on the cusp of becoming great and making money. Bam. All those dollars that they were expecting are gone and they're going to go back towards the athletes that are certains rather than maybes. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah. I th- what we're hoping for, what I'm hoping for is that, um, you know, I think CrossFit has a real opportunity during this uh, downturn to be the only sport that's still performing and to get a lot of visibility they wouldn't have gotten before. So I think there's an opportunity for them to capitalize that could trickle back down to those athletes you're describing. But I think, you know, the bulk of CrossFit is going to be in a real hard place for the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. So you got 9% unemployment right now. All those people that aren't working, they're not paying for CrossFit. Like as much as I love my coaches, like I've continued to pay my membership because I'm working. Right. But I'm working. If I wasn't working, I love Saxon and Spencer. I'd cancel my membership because right. that 300 bucks a month I pay for me and my daughter needs to go to groceries. And right. that's totally. what, it, that's the way everyone thinks, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be a hard road for people, but it's going to be tough. But I guess I just, I just think that it's all going to come back. It like, will. I think the, like the fact that CrossFitters are like gear junkies and like consumerism was like made for us. Like, I don't know why we have these personalities where we want all the, the latest things and the swag and the sprinkles on top of the cake. Like eventually I just think when things feel back to normal, and it's going to take a while. Like it's not like they lift the bands and we all go back to class and everything's back to normal. Like it's going to be a while and we're going to be affected by this for a long time. But I just think eventually like the pendulum swings back the other way and we are like, back to being the community that we were. Oh, it will. It will absolutely come back to where it is and continue to grow. I mean, it's like the stock market. It's not going to, you know, crater out and just go away. But, you know, we're not looking at, all right, we're going to lift the quarantine and next month we're going to be good. Like you're Mm going to see gyms close. Like, you know, you've got this whole curve around, um, you know, people dying, God forbid. You'll see the same thing around these branches. Like we're nowhere near the curve on these uh, gyms dying. Like they're, you know, you're going to see over the next six months, closure after closure after closure. And we're going to go from 15,000 open affiliates to 13 to 12 to 11. I mean, that's a very, very real thing. And I have an idea. Okay. It could save CrossFit. Oh, okay. Now, I'm assuming CrossFit is the kind of business structure that's like $1 in, $5 out. They're spending at the rates where they're assuming that money's going to come in. But they're you mean like HQ, at, CrossFit HQ, not like affiliates? Yes, CrossFit okay. HQ. If you want to go to the CrossFit Games this year, if you're outside of the top 20 people that went uh, made it in through the Open, or you can pay your way into the CrossFit Games. Ooh. The next 20 highest bidders can make their way in. I know dudes who are super millionaires who are CrossFit fans. They pay $5 bucks to come in a person. You definitely get some of those guys. All those people who go to the Dubai Fitness Championships, those dudes will pay like $20 million to come. And they'll show up. They won't be able to pick up a damn bar. But but they'll get to say they competed at games. Get to say they competed at the games and they fund the CrossFit season for the next year and save everybody. I'm, I'm all just in saying, on this idea. I am I'm all in. 
<laughs> Listen, Greg Glassman. money want to pay and they'll, they'll make it so that we can actually watch the fittest win and they'll make it so that we can funnel money back to affiliates and shit. I'm fucking down. Let's do it. See, I'll be the broker for it because a man with a mustache needs to be in that position. Agreed. Agreed. I'll do the marketing because that's what I do full time. Financial structure. Yes. We have Perfect. a team. We're in. John. Just saying. You're the face. Let's make it happen. Make I've it already happen. done it once before. I could get everybody into the CrossFit games for high ticket prices. Well, I somebody's don't think it's a bad idea. Somebody's going to need to do it. Like these sanctionals are going to struggle, dude. Like they're, you know, there's no money in running a competition anyway. So, I, you know, Nikki's spot on. I bet a bunch of these sanctionals go away. And truthfully, yeah. I kind of hope they do. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound negative, but it just feels like there's too many sanctionals. Like, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I, I, it kills me that these people like invested their time and effort, and energy, and money, like so much money. But like, I do think that the season was so jammed up that I wouldn't. Mind. When obstacle course racing started, there was like. 10 major companies, two that were massive, and then 10 other ones that were billing still significant amounts of money and having lots of people go through. And that illegitimized our sport. People would be like, you do mud runs professionally? Like, my daughter did a warrior dash. I'm like, no, shut up. It's not like that. (laughs) And it made me look really stupid. So you guys are kind of having the reverse because what's happening is, is I'm not going to specifically name any one sanctional, but if one sanctional does a very poor job of representing what CrossFit really is and what CrossFit games potentially can be, it does a bad job, gives it a a worse reputation than it deserves to have, and then continues to kind of like, it only just takes a couple drops of uh, oil to kind of, you know, basically ruin a whole pot of water type thing. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, is like when we first started, there was superhero scramble, there was Atlas race, there was... Uh, like these color runs and stuff. And everybody thought what I was doing was like a joke. And now all of those things have been kind of weeded out and failed over time. Now that's all that's left is optimal course racing championships, Tough Mudder and Spartan race. And those are companies that are putting through several million people through their, um, through their system a year are super legit, all their operations, their staffing, everything is just run just like the CrossFit games on some form of scale. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. If you go, you're like, oh, wow, this is really a sporting event. Like, you know, there's TV cameras here from CBS and everything. And like that, if I showed somebody that, they'd be like, okay, now I totally get how what you do do as professional. So I I will agree that like, you know, I mean, I even joked around with a couple of my friends. I was like, wait a second, maybe I have you buy a sanctional and then all of a sudden create the sanctional and create all the workouts so that I can get directly into the CrossFit games. And that's how we'll make it happen from this point on. Like you could basically do that if you're clever enough. Be like, oh, all the running events. It's like nine events, all are running. I'm like, oh, Hunter McIntyre wins, goes to the games. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I really like how your plan to save CrossFit just morphed into another way to get you back to the CrossFit game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I've got a million ideas. We could sit here for hours. Uh, but I'm saying, like, you you have a point there. Like it it will probably weed out some of the ones that don't necessarily need to be there when it comes to the future of the sport progressing in a positive way. So even though unfortunate, maybe valuable. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I I've said for a while that I'd like to see them have these sanctionals be a little more formatted. Like, you know, last year I went to several and I'll name the names because they were all great events. So I'm not slamming the events. I went to the Mac in April and it was a great event. They brought in Nikki, who did a great job. That was why it was a great event. Obviously. It was. Congratulations. And, yes. And, and, you know, they had, you know, broadcast and internet, whatever. The first prize was $5,000, five grand to go compete for a weekend. And then four weeks later, I go to the Rogue Invitational and first prize is like $50,000. You're like, now, how do you do that? You've got one weekend where you got people qualifying, winning five grand. And if you don't win, you lost money to go, right? And then you've got the next weekend, if you win rogue, you get 50 grand. Like, it just doesn't feel right. Well, like, then you have, you have events like Dubai that pay out the entire way. Like, they pay you once you qualify. You know what I mean? To, like, hopefully yeah. cover your... Like, if you qualify, you make, like, a grand or something like that so that at least you can buy a plane ticket and you're not, like, out a whole shitload of money. And then they pay out down the line, like, I don't know the whole, not the whole thing, but like 20, the first 20 places make money. Not a lot. But something. Yeah. It's just weird. There's just no other sport that does, or at least, you know, you, you look at the, you know, kind of the big sports, like nobody does that. 
you know, it's just, it's just kind of ridiculous. These all sound like CrossFitter problems. I go to a race sometimes. I mean, I had to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not doing this shit anymore, but I went to a race. The last Spartan race I went to was in 2018 and it was a stadium race and I love stadium races, but I rolled my ankle Mm -hmm. and ripped the ligaments of my ankle. And if I, I was winning, if I won, I would have made $800. What? $800 $800 fucking dollars. And I do this full time. And I had sponsors that obviously made my life a lot better than $800 paycheck. But the amount of money that I spent on hospital bills doesn't even come close to the $800 worth of, uh, that I would have won. And then six weeks later, I went and raced and I won $25,000. And I just said, no. I was like, one, I have to respect myself as an athlete. Two, I have to mitigate risk. But um I mean, at least $5,000 you guys are getting regularly at the sanctionals. Spartan race, I make fun of them all the time. I'll call the CEO and I was like, honestly, like I could probably make more money playing like handball on a court and, you know, in Rhode Island in the summertime, just hustling older men. Like you, <laughs> you you're absolutely sport- actually could. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, your sport's a freaking joke. I was like, you can't call this professional. Uh, our sport, basically their version way of like duping athletes into thinking that they're professional athletes is they give $500 for first place every single weekend, every single race around the entire world. What if they did it properly, they take out all of these like, Oh, hum races and just make them regular races that you could win maybe sponsorship gear or like a free flight somewhere or something and put all the money on like 10 big races. Professional athletes like myself could win 20,000 to $30,000 every single time we won and they'd get paid out kind of like at the Dubai fitness championships mm-hmm. all the way down to like 10th place. Yeah, exactly. And it would make the aspect of being a professional athlete in a professional sport more realistic because I don't know if you've ever seen this, you probably don't pay attention too much to it, but a lot of these jabrones who do obstacle course racing, they're like elite professional athlete on their, on their tag. And I was like, one, no, <laughs> two, like what, what gives you the right to say that like you wore a t-shirt and someone put like a sticker on it that said you're sponsored like no like you you have to take like if you want to get in bodybuilding you have to get a pro card like bodybuilding is not even a real sport but at least they take enough seriousness of the of the events that they you have to have a pro card to go to a pro event you have to earn your way up the ladder in spartan racing and an obstacle course racing they're like well you know, if you show up with a, and you wear this t-shirt and take a picture for us, you're a pro athlete now. Like, no. So really? yeah, it's really embarrassing. Oh, it is incredible. It yeah. Oh, it's, it's insanely embarrassing. I mean, they're at the point now where they've narrowed it down just a little, little, little bit to the point where you have to like come, you have to like race maybe like one of five races and come within like 150th place to earn a spot to the world championship, which is ridiculous. Cause if you go to the world championships in Tahoe for Spartan race, it's 300 people. There's five people that really are going to do something. And then there's 295 people that are going to get in the way of everybody else doing something. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. fine. That's what we should make the games. We just make those 295 people pay their way in. They did. Well, They're they called national did, champions. Dude. That's what they did last oh, year. They, oh, I felt, come on. I felt it's true. Terrible. It's true though. Yeah. That was different. That was an initiative to make CrossFit more of a hey, globally inclusive sport. I loved it. I'm, that was not a complaint. I loved seeing the national champions there. I watched the parade coming in. I got teary eyed like everybody else. I had goosebumps. I thought it was rad, but come on. Like these guys were making a long trip for free pair of nobles. That's basically what it came down to. I just had this conversation. It's it, it's going to be five years until those spots from national champions. And like, I actually met the guy from Latvia and I made fun of him. I was like, oh, the Latvian champs here. Like, I thought he was a nobody. Uldis is a monster. Yeah, Uldis is intense. He's a monster. I had no freaking clue. I was like, what's a guy from Latvia going to do? Yeah, uh, he's actually really good athlete. He's a monster. But yeah. But there's people from other countries who are just filling in the gaps and there's nothing wrong with that. Like everybody deserves to have a spot, but you're not going to see those spots filled with true Titans. I would say for another five years. So but I don't, that was never the point. So I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't need them to be filled 
Titans. I need them to be representative of the fact that like we have CrossFit in all of these countries and these people who, you know, and, and they know that they're putting up the money to get cut in the first round, whatever, but they are proud as fuck. And I think that's rad. That, that is, is rad, but it's almost like the sport of gladiators back in the day. Like, which was amazing. These, Do not these shit titans, on gladiators. And then you have these, like, you've like basically chum the water with a bunch of people that are going to get run over by the beasts. And I think that if you want to increase the professionalism of a sport, you don't allow everybody and their grandmother to show up to the party. You freaking bring the beasts in and you do something really badass. That's why the Olympics is such like a, yeah, sure. Olympics is inclusive for all the countries, but honestly, I think they narrow things down to be like to a certain amount that the capacity can be handled. And I think the capacity of the games last year could have been better if there was less people. See, I disagree. I liked the way that it was laid out and the, the, placement of the cuts is not this conversation that's different but i like that day one was this big global festival with this parade of people and it felt like whatever and then it was cut and we did get to see the titans and we did see the fittest on earth and like i i liked that that it shook out that way because like i don't i don't need all the like i can i can see those people and watch them be proud to be there and be impressed at the globalization of our sport and what we're doing for health and fitness around the world. And then like, yeah, then show me the the big guns. And that's exactly what we did. What I'm saying is what happened, what happened on the front end made suffering on the back end. How so? I'm saying if you look back, I'm a CrossFit fan. That's why I wanted to go to the CrossFit games. If you look back several years ago and what happened at the CrossFit games, the scale of what these guys did, I think, was on a larger scale, more intense challenges, more incredible equipment was offered for the athletes to challenge themselves, so on and so forth. But they focused on the budget and, and the whatever you call it, logistics of taking in 150 athletes rather than having 40 athletes being tested at the greatest capacity possible. And I'll end it there because I know you want to say something, John, but I just that was the point I was trying to make. Well, I think we're on the exact same page, though. I mean, like that. I agree with Nikki that it, you know, I love the Olympics and like the Olympic vibe it gave off. The difference is in the Olympics, for instance, like if you watch true Olympic weightlifting, you don't see 120 people out there lifting. There's 10 because they've already narrowed it down. And it's usually five Chinese, a couple of Russians and one American, you know, like that's <laughs> the way it ends up. Like, I, I think it would have been, we would have been better served last year and in, in years future, bring in all the national champions and make them compete against themselves for a full day and you don't bring any of the top 40 in. you let all those national champions oh, prove that they deserve to be there. And then you pick five of them and let them compete with the remaining 40. Ooh. Cause you don't see that at the Olympics. You don't see 120 of anybody in any event. Like they always narrow it down to the best, you know, 10 to 15 or whatever it is. Like, it just doesn't make sense to have 140 men out there. And truthfully, like I was meeting this, like I was at that dinner and I met Hunter that night and he, like, I'd never seen him in person and he walked up. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's huge. You guys locked eyes. Yeah, we did. I rubbed his hair. It was, Mm -hmm. I played with his mullet. It was great. And then I met a couple other national champions who were smaller than me. And I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing here? Like, they're just going to get creamed. And they did like that. You know, they couldn't do the rope climbs even like, it's like, you know, it, and like nothing against them. They deserve to be there. They did not deserve to be competing against. I guess I just, I hear both of you and I don't think that you guys are wrong. I just am looking at the issues very independently of one another. Like if you're talking about like the diversion of resources to the national champions and how that took away from the rest of the, the competition that we could have or should have had, that is, that is a completely different issue. And you're probably right, but I'm just looking at the format the way it is and having those people there representing the level of fitness and skill work that they have does not bother me because I know it's going to filter into the top five and the top 10. And I want to see both. Like I want to see the big parade of nations and I want to see it all filter into, into, you know, the, the fittest on earth. And I just, I don't know. I wish there was unlimited funds and resources in between (laughs) so that I didn't have to factor that into my argument either. We probably continue to get that because that's what they're keeping. I'm assuming. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe you should move to some little pissant country across the world, and then you just qualify every year. Just, you know. <laughs> Remember when Jacob said that when yeah. that first came out? I thought about it, but then I realized that I want to enjoy life. Mm. I think I lost a lot. Listen, I'm glad that I did it 
But if I could choose right now between doing what I'm doing professionally or CrossFit professionally, um, even if I made five X what I do now in CrossFit, uh, I would still do what I'm doing now. My life is a lot of fun. Every professional CrossFitter I've ever spent time with lives between two multicolored bumper plates and spends most of their time in like sweaty, nasty gyms and is looking at like, you know, tempo squats and walking on your hands and doing stuff that just to me doesn't necessarily reflect the kind of life that I want to live. And I'm, I'm glad that everybody else has found passion behind it because I love athletes who push themselves. And that's why I've always surrounded myself with crossfitters because they tend to push themselves harder than anybody else. But like right now I'm in Boulder, Colorado. I lived here last year training for the games. I went up to climb the mountains less than five times. I'll climb a mountain like five days a week now mm-hmm. and we'll like, you know, chug beer and then we'll go whitewater rafting and we'll still crush weights and do stuff. But like I'm maybe in the gym a third of the time compared to what I was last year. And I'm, I'm having way more fun and I feel more athletic and healthy to be honest too. So yeah, I don't think I would move to Latvia to compete against oldest for that spot. You wouldn't win. I know dude, that little freaking muscle hobbit. He's a monster. I still, I still like look at him on Instagram every once in a while. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing right now? Like, how would you have so much power in that little body? Yeah. I don't understand. He he'll be a podium contender in the next couple of years. If he keeps up doing what he's doing. Sure. Yeah. He did well in Dubai too. Dude. He's going to get me. Yeah. He's just one of those kind of guys who I look at him and I'm like, you are a version of RoboCop. (laughs) <laughs> he just has he has no soul there's like part man in him but the rest of him is just meant for destroying so he's he's gonna do well i think I, I'm, all I'm of those elite guy. athletes are like part bionic like there's no way there's no way they're human there's like how can they move like that and and, and recover like that like there's some weird like backroom science shit going on somewhere <laughs> there's no way those are 100 humans well there's a body type then there's a mindset and then there's genetic potential Genetic potential is the only essential that you have to have the, the most important thing. That's the one factor you have to have. Um, I would say then mindset's probably the second most important thing. And then body types, the third most important thing. Cause you look at the games, the 10 people who ended up in the finals were, you know, basically could all fit in my shoes that I was wearing when I was in fifth grade. Like they're Except tiny James. people. No, James is tiny, man. Like he's a man, but he's not a big man. No, James is he's a tall dude. He's a big tall guy. Uh, it's not like you. I'm, not, I'm saying like I'm gonna say like five, I'm, three. He's, he's maybe five ten. I think he's taller than that. I don't know. He looked really tall next to us in Baltimore. I think I he's probably five. I'm six feet. I think he's five ten. Was I, he I not your height? If you put I just wanted you to know, like, let's say we, we all got on school buses and all went to a football field, all the best athletes in the world from the sport. You took the top 10 from all of them. You'd show up with those guys and they'd be like, wait a second. Like, are these like, do these guys do professional curling or do they all do circus tricks together? Like, what do they do? Yes. There's a body type. That's what you'd assume. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're total beasts. But they're saying those three factors, um, those are it. They're, I would say they they do have something special, which is the genetic type. But then the second most important thing is that mindset. They're all, there's something twisted inside all mm-hmm. of them. Totally. It, it actually wouldn't be a school bus owner. It'd be like a small fire engine. Okay. That would be. <laughs> you, you could fit them in all, all, all of them in a, on one rickshaw. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I think you should trademark the term uh, muscle hobbit. I think that's the best term I've heard tonight. Put that on a t-shirt. Muscle Hobbit. Muscle Hobbit. I think you could put that on a t-shirt, sell it at the games. It'd be great. Probably make more 100%. money selling a shirt than actually winning the games. That's what I would do, dude. I could start selling these shirts now, and then I will use that funding to pay for myself to go to the games on my new structure. There you go. Done. Then I will market for you. I'm in it. I'm in it to Thank win it. Thank you very much. The business plan is coming together. Let's go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, we're we're kind fun. of yeah, we're up against time here, Hunter. But we appreciate you being on, man. It's been a lot of fun. And now I've got a yeah. I've, I've got a new inspiration to grow my stash out. So you, me too. You should, dude. Quarantine stashes are important. Oh, can I just share with you guys one thing? I need yes. help with if uh, yeah. you guys. Um, I'm lucky to have your time, but uh, I just want to share something. I am currently working really really hard right now, and I think everyone else should try to give it a try too. 
to go after the Murph World Record and I'm putting together some pieces to make it uh, a charity event where I'm working with Team RWB and we're all going to get together down in North Carolina at a gym. And uh, I know a lot of people at home don't have the opportunity to go to gyms and a Murph, unless you don't have a pull-up bar, you can do almost every single movement at Murph in, in a parking lot and uh, you know basically get the work done and maybe trade out the pull-ups if you don't have a bar. But I think with all of us not having anything to do and no gyms or anything to train for, Murph's a really awesome opportunity for everyone to have a blast and put a target on something over the next month. So uh, I'll share with you guys, if you're cool with it, a link to what we're doing. And uh, if anybody's interested in watching, we're putting together a whole docu-series about leading up to it. And I, I think this is one of the first opportunities I've ever had in life to work with a charity rather than focus on winning races. So I'm pretty pumped about it. And uh, if anybody's interested, uh, you guys can DM me or find that information online. So cool. At RWB, such a great organization. They do really, I'm really pumped. Work. I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah. What's the time? Like, what do you need to beat to get the new world record? So I've done all the research and I cannot find anybody's actual documented time with judges and official, like officials behind it besides the times of the CrossFit game. So unbroke, unpartitioned is 30, 38 minutes plus by BKG and then 34, 40 by uh, Josh Bridges. And I've broken both times um, on my own in my gym, but I'm going to make sure that there's judges and it's going to be recorded and everything. So nobody can throw stones at me and say, you're a bullshitter. <laughs> um, so, you know, on my own, we've, I've been training really hard for it, but you know, there's, there's people say out there that they've done it in 25 minutes, but if you do the math on that, it's like a, a five minute flat mile with a weight vest on and meaning you're doing 40 pull-ups or 40 push-ups every minute on the minute. So like there's some mutants out there that supposedly did it, but I don't think anybody's ever broken 30 and I'm trying to go sub 30. Wow. And you, you so, have to do it on partition. Like you're going to do uh, it straight through. Yeah. I'm going to do it exactly the way that, uh, Michael Murphy created it. So I'm just going to get after it, charge through it, have a blast, raise some money for charity. And hopefully by the time, you know, this adventure is over, we have a little bit more clarity in life of what's going to be the next chapter for everybody. And I think it's a great goal for myself, at least, and anybody else who's motivated to do it. I love it. Yep. Let's what a great idea. Yeah. So thank you for guys for your time. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's great. We'll, uh, we'll love to help with the charity. So, yeah. all right. Well, thanks for, thanks for being on Nikki. Great seeing you again and your ears. I'm sure we're doing this probably tomorrow night again. I don't know. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, for everyone listening, thanks for being on and we will chat with you guys soon. Well, Nikki, that was fun. Yes. Uh, let's uh, say thank you to our sponsor this week, Hero CBD. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the podcast that uh, these guys make really fantastic THC-free CBD products, and they give back to organizations that support our nation's heroes. Yeah, it's nice because I feel like with CBD, you don't always really know what you're going to get, but they were nice enough to send us some products to test out, and um, you know, I've really liked them. We've you can kind of use CBD for a lot of different things. For me, it's like a little bit of stress and anxiety, especially been creeping up recently, just being in quarantine and having sort of this like unknown going on. Constantly with what the world is like. So I've been taking a little bit at night and that's been helping me just kind of like ease off into bed and feel good about myself and my lack of working out and my excess bread baking, you know, all those things. <laughs> well, I've been taking the gummies and I like the gummies because it makes me feel like I'm eating jelly beans for one, which is yeah. always good. And I don't like to take pills. Like, I, you know, pills mm -hmm. and powders like always bug me, but the gummies are, they taste good. Uh, you know, it's easy, easy to chew. And uh, it's just better for me. And they make they make dog treats too. Yes, we've been we've been really liking the dog treats because my older dog has been very stressed out with the puppy around, and I've been tossing them his way, and I think it's really helping, which has been nice. Well, it's all good stuff. They make all of this. It's all grown and made here in the U.S., which I uh, think is great. And uh, you can actually get twenty percent off when you go to place your order. You go to herocbd.com, hero-cbd.com, uh, and check them out on Instagram at herocbd. Use the promo code MPG and they'll give you 20% off and free shipping on uh, all your first orders.